Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth for all people. It's still Christmas here. <laughs> we celebrate the gift all year round and the joy of life. Oh, wow. Amen. Amen. Wow. It's just like we received uh, some great big musical hugs today uh, from all our musicians in this place. It's one way that God speaks so beautifully and so powerfully. <sighs> the season of epiphany is the season of light. And to put it in more simple terms, it's the season where God shows up. It's the season where God shows up with a louder voice than the voices that would tell us we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not attractive enough, we're not well enough. It's the voice that we can experience throughout all the scriptures. From Genesis, where scripture says there was light, to the prophets who speak of light greater than gloom, through the light that comes through Jesus Christ. Light is one of the most powerful images in Scripture. Everywhere you see light, it's speaking about the way that God shows up. The way that God shows up with guidance. The way that God shows up with love. It's the way God shows up through people. It's the way God shows up through circumstances. And it's the way God shows up in each of us if we simply look inside. The season of light. Living the light, it's part of what it means to be fabulous. And we've been talking about that as our resolution for this new year. How we as a congregation resolve to be fabulous, to make a difference in our world, and to live the powerful lives that reflect God and reflect our deepest calling. The first Sunday we talked about how we're called to be light carriers, but how it's easy to become light blockers. And we've met those people in our lives who were light blockers. It was alluded to in the song today. You can call them Satan. <laughs> In fact, Jesus did that when he said to one of his disciples, get behind me, Satan. Because that disciple was saying that he couldn't do what he was called to do. It's easy, however, for us to slip into blocking the light without hardly even realizing it. We block the light with what comes out of our thoughts and what comes out of our mouths. You know, God sent the light at creation. And God sent the light to the people of Israel during the Hebrew Scriptures. And God sent the light through Jesus. And yet the spiritual writer Kathleen Norris said, God sent the light. And we have found lots of creative ways to snuff it out. <laughs> and one of those ways is how we slip into this sort of complaint mentality. I want to go a little bit deeper in that. How it's easy for us to become light blockers without even realizing it. In the way we speak of people, in the way we speak of circumstances. 
It's easy for our complaining, in fact, to be perfected into an art form. (laughs) The way we dish. The way we speak of people. And what happens is, when we do this, it blocks the light in a way that we no longer see people for who they really are. And we no longer see circumstances for what they really are. When we block the light, we don't see God in ourselves. And we don't see God in each other. And we don't see God in the circumstances around us. We are God's divine creations. God's children, brothers and sisters. And yet see what happens at brunch today if the service is slow. That server may be wearing a name tag that says Bob. But what do you say when the service is slow? He's awful. What a terrible server. Bad server. (laughs) It's how we characterize each other sometimes. I found myself doing it this morning. I was trying to get my thoughts together. I was in a semi-meditative state like I sometimes try to be on Sunday morning. And I heard this noise outside my door. And I found myself saying, who are those people making all that noise? There's noisy people around here. A little different perspective would have reminded me that those voices are the beloved people of God coming to a place of transformation and hope and home and community. And that noise was actually praise. It wasn't a distraction. It's why I'm here. It's why we're here to be community, to celebrate. It's amazing how with just a turn of phrase, we can diminish each other and become light blockers. Sometimes it it even happens for a good cause. A few weeks ago, I was working on the hate crime vigil, and a group of us had gathered together, and we were talking about who might show up for the vigil. And several people said, well, we can always count on the usual suspects. You know, those people who are really committed to equality and justice, the ones that always show up. We know that they'll be there, the usual suspects. Later, it occurred to me, How did it happen that the most committed, faithful, and inspiring people became usual suspects? (laughs) Just with a word or a turn of phrase, we can block the light and not see each other for who we really are. And the same thing happens with circumstances, how quickly we can turn to complaints. Again, just the other day I was in my prayer room at my house Again, in that meditative state I like to go into every so often. I had my coffee there. My Bible was open. My journals were out. It was a very relaxed scene. And then I heard something scurrying in the ceiling right above my head. (laughs) Suddenly, all I could think about was that scurrying and that scratching. And I awfulized the situation. It wasn't just a squirrel. It was a squirrel and a skunk and a porcupine. And they were all going to destroy my house. Every little scratch. The next thing you know, I was going around the house trying to find something to start banging on the ceiling to try to scare them off. I can be really scary, I promise you. You've not seen my legs, most of you. 
But what happened was, I didn't stop to realize that the very fact squirrels or something were scurrying in my ceiling meant that I have a ceiling. I have a home. I have a place I can pray. Gratitude. And yet we so quickly complain. God simply wants to show up. And that includes in those situations or through those people that at first may seem distracting or annoying. We're calling for a different perspective. The perspective of light. The way that God shows up in every circumstance if we just approach it a little bit differently. Feeling overwhelmed by your problems? Pray for someone else whose burdens are equal to or greater than your own. Feeling resentment toward a family member or co-worker at the office? Give thanks to God for that person, asking God to let him or her be an instrument of growth in your life. Feeling confused, uncertain where to go next? Pray, asking God to shed the light of divine wisdom in your soul. Feeling critical of others? Thank God for the objects of your criticism and ask God to make them a blessing wherever they go. Feeling bitterness toward others who have succeeded where you have failed? Pray for their continued success. Feeling impatient with the pace of your spiritual growth? Thank God for your progress so far. Amen. God is ready to show up. But it's our complaints. It's our misinterpretation of people and circumstances that blocks God's presence or our experience of God's presence. It's a matter of perspective. There's a pastor named Will Bowen, and when he was living in South Carolina, he was driving down this road and he saw this handmade sign that said, Honk if you're happy. Now, when he saw that sign, his first thought was, what sappy, sentimental person put that sign along the road? And he just drove right by that and said, I am not going to (laughs) honk. He thought to himself, that person who put that sign is probably waiting somewhere listening for the honks. Well, I'm not going to give him the pleasure. Went on his way. That road happened to be a road that led to the beach. And a few weeks later... Pastor Bowen and his wife and his young daughter were going to the beach. And that day, he just happened to be in a good mood. He had a day off. His wife was there. His little kid was there. They had a nice lunch packed. And as he was going by, he saw the sign again. But this time, he just gave the horn just a little beep. He's going to the beach. He was out for a good time. His wife said, why'd you just honk your horn? Was there something in the road? He said, no, there's this sappy little sign back there that someone put up that says, honk if you're happy. So, you know, we're going to the beach. I thought I'd honk. Well, they were coming back from the beach, and when they got to that same spot, his little daughter Leah said, honk, Daddy, honk. So, of course, he had to lay on the horn, 
And after that, no matter what kind of stress he was under, he just found that when he honked his horn going by that sign, he would perk up a little bit. The, the stress would seem to lessen a little bit. And, of course, Leah, she was always ready for the sign. And every time they go by there, she'd go, Honk, Daddy, honk! Well, one day he was at home and his wife got home and she was just laughing when she walked in the room. And he said, what, what, what happened? And she said, you're not going to believe it. Today I was on the freeway with Leah and I didn't mean to do it, but I cut off this other driver. I mean, I really almost hit this other driver. And this other driver was so ticked off that he actually started laying on his horn and he pulled up alongside of us and he gave us the finger. He was so mad. And Pastor Wilson, well, why are you laughing? And he said, because Leah pointed at that driver and said, look, Mom, he's really, really happy. <laughs> we can change our world. And it happens in here. And it happens here. And it happens around us. It happens to us and it happens through us as we open ourselves to the light. The light that God reveals in and through and around. But sometimes we need a reminder and that's exactly what that sign was for Pastor Bowen. Honk if you're happy. And he found himself getting happier every time he honked. Eight years later, he's now the pastor of a church in Kansas City. And he found himself missing that sign. And he realized that maybe he needed some other kind of self-monitoring tool to reinforce this whole idea of creating a new world through our thoughts and through our actions and through our perspective. In fact, he found himself thinking about the concept of creating a complaint-free world. And so he came up with an idea. And it was this. What would happen if for 21 days I didn't complain? And what if I challenged those around me not to complain for 21 days? And what if my whole congregation found a way to not complain for 21 days? What kind of transformation would come from that? What kind of light would be revealed? So he got this harebrained idea to get one of those little plastic bracelets and give that challenge to his congregation by inviting each one of them to wear the bracelet. And if they caught themselves complaining, they'd have to move the bracelet to the other wrist. He wasn't sure that idea would go very far, but the congregation took him up on it. And today, over six million people around the world have taken the complaint-free world challenge. And today we have a chance to do that right here. If you'll turn to your worship folder on page 6, you will see how this little self-monitoring tool works. Today before you leave, you're each going to receive one of these. And uh, page 5 and 6 is really a tool to help you get a jump start for the first seven days. There's scriptures and quotes and ideas. There's a wonderful essay by Maya Angelou on overcoming complaints. But here's how it works. Today you're going to receive the bracelet and number one, begin to wear the bracelet on either wrist. Number two, when you catch yourself complaining, gossiping, or criticizing, move the bracelet to the other wrist and begin again. 
Number three, this is a really good one. If you hear someone else who is wearing a purple bracelet complain, it's okay to point out their need to switch the bracelet to the other arm. (laughs) But if you're going to do this, you must move your bracelet first because you're complaining about their complaining. (laughs) Stay with it. It may take many months to reach 21 consecutive days. In fact, the average is four to eight months. It took Pastor Bowen almost six months as the founder of this program to go 21 days without moving his bracelet. Relax about it. We're only talking about complaints, criticism, and gossip that is spoken. If it comes out of your mouth, it counts, so start over. But if you just think the thought, it's free. But as you do this, you'll find out that complaining thoughts will disappear as you move through this process. All right, what happened is once they started this program in Kansas City, when anyone made the 21 days, they were then given a certificate of happiness. And that was presented in front of the congregation. We're going to do a similar thing here, but certificate of happiness, that doesn't quite work for our congregation. Instead, you'll receive a certificate of fabulousness when you complete the 21 days. If you want to go further, there's lots of tips on how to do this and ideas behind this in the book called A Complaint-Free World. And uh, it's great. I've read the entire book and there's lots of other good information to really make this program work and transformative. I believe it's going to transform our congregation. And just to kind of give you a sneak preview, Bernie's going to read a testimony of a nurse who tried this program and the difference it made in, her, in his life. <laughs> nice dress, Bernie. No, thank you. <laughs> when I received my no complaint bracelet, I soon discovered that going a whole day without complaining was very difficult. Weekends went well, Then came Monday and the workday. Even though I dearly love my job, it does have organization and administrative issues like any job. I asked all my coworkers to assist me by refraining from complaining to keep me from wanting to join in. Everyone was so good, if they looked to me to join in a negative conversation, I would tug on my bracelet and we would change the subject. Things were going well nearing the two-week mark. After an especially difficult day, I realized I had not brought the doctors into my little plan. Then one of the doctors really got under my skin. The following day, the RNs were told to move all the medical records from the old to the new computer system. We received no instructions on how to accomplish this. It was a hard task, and after we finished, three of us went to lunch and complained for two hours. (laughs) This lunch restarted my 21 days again. When I reached 20 days on the next try, I arrived at work, and in walked a nurse who did not like me and would not talk to me when we worked together. Then the very same doctor who had made me lose it on day 14 of the previous attempt walked in. Only one day to go and I stood face to face with my two greatest challenges. I laughed and said, 
God, you have the greatest sense of humor, and I accept. (laughs) I not only made it without complaining, that turned out to be one of the best days I've ever had at work. Are you ready for the challenge? The Be Fabulous Challenge. Today's the last Sunday of this Be Fabulous series, but we can take this challenge and make it last for this entire year and beyond. And I'm excited to see each of you coming back with your reports and your stories of how this works for you. Now you may be asking, when am I going to get my bracelet? I'm ready for it now. Well, it's going to happen at one of the moments that causes some complaints sometimes. The offering. (laughs) Today when we have the offering, you'll be given that chance to give. But at that same moment, you will also be given that chance to receive one of these bracelets. I believe that this congregation can be a force for light and good in our community. Amen.